This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about French fries. Oh, I love French fries. Oh, yeah. They're a perfect food. Y- yeah, I agree. End of episode. <laughs> The perfect food. And I I will say I do love French fries, not just for the ketchup now, because I did used to eat them primarily for the ketchup. Right, right. Um, for a while, I, I I was in Belgium for a couple months, and I would eat them every day oh, for yeah. lunch. Oh, yeah. Because they come in those cones. Like a little paper cone, yeah. Right, and you can find them everywhere, every like on every street corner and then in, in between just – Frites, and they have like 24 sauces you can choose from. <laughs> I wanted to try every sauce. Um, and recently, uh, we had our company holiday party mm-hmm. uh, to save money. We had it in January. I can admit this because our <laughs> boss admitted it, and also I learned it was a real thing that a lot of companies are doing now. Oh, really? Yeah, having them kind of in the middle of January. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Times. Uh, but what well, I invited as my plus one, one of my best friends, uh, one of the Katies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be the semi-formal. And I had a suspicion, because our office isn't really semi-formal. We're pretty casual, yeah. That no one would dress up for it. So I came in a dress, but... Because it was happening right after work in our office building. Well, it was happening at like 6.30. Well, we're a pretty late office, though. Wait, I, I don't know. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like people are still here at 6.30. But, okay, so I show up. No one is dressed up. and At the <laughs> office in the morning. Right. Right. And I, my friend is texting me, and she's like, should I dress up? And I said, well, it looks like you'll be the only person that does apart from me, so take your pick. And she shows up in a shirt, like a black sweatshirt and jeans. And on the black sweatshirt, it says more exercise. But exercise is marked out, and it says fries. And has a big (laughs) picture of fries on it. Yeah, and then it turns out everyone went home and changed and came back. And she was very mad at me. (laughs) Very, very mad. She kept bringing it up. She still (laughs) brings it up. Um, Sorry, Katie. Uh, but people loved her shirt they, more than one person yeah, told me. Yeah, it was a great shirt. Yeah. I don't think I told her specifically, but Katie, if you're listening, <laughs> it was a quality shirt. It was. Uh, and also, if you want to see proof of this, I posted a picture <laughs> on the Instagram, which she didn't like either. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also has towels that say fries before guys. So Perfect. She's wonderful. Um, when I was a kid— you used to have this McDonald's device. Did you did you ever have one of these? And you put a piece of white bread in there, and you spun the little thing on the side, and then it would give you fry-shaped pieces of bread. It would, like, crank out little, like, huh, no, no, I never never had one of those. It was the most exciting thing. It sounds so boring <laughs> now, but I would just sit there like, whoa. <laughs> and it tasted better somehow. <laughs> oh, man. I have so many fry stories. I, I tried to move out of the U.S. when the Freedom Fry thing happened. Oh, that would like that was the that was the final. Yeah, I like convinced. I tricked my neighbor, actually, Katie's. I tricked her mom into taking me to the airport because I I had a school trip, but I was just trying to leave the country. <laughs> How old were you? Like eleven. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the police <laughs> didn't. It didn't fly. Um, but anyway, do you have a favorite fry, Lauren? Uh, all of them. Uh, which whichever one is. In my mouth at the time. Yes. Um, uh, well, one of my happy hour spots it will serve you fries with a side of queso dip. Ooh, and I say that yeah. that's pretty ultimate. Yeah. Um, but my favorite in the Atlanta area might be Leon's in Decatur. I think yeah. they do like a hand-cut duck fat fry. Oh, real good. Yeah. Um, I still daydream, though, about Nathan's Famous restaurant, like the hot dog restaurant, like back when they had hand-cut fries. And they, would, they do these really like thick Crinkle fries. Mm. Oh. oh goodness, this is going to be a long. <laughs> this a lot of cravings at the end of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Behind the curtain, y'all, uh, we're doing this topic, and we're also recording an episode about cocktails today. And I'm, it was a craving-filled week. Yes, indeed. Speaking of cravings, if we're talking about fast food fries, I was always a Zaxby's person because you could get that extra Cajun sauce, <laughs> or. I went through a big Arby's phase. It was kind of strange. Oh, oh, I went through a checkers phase in college. I think that's kind of like fry, like fry related. They're like fry cousins. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like McDonald's is just made of magic. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, they, they do something special. Well, because I remember writing about it <laughs> at one point in my life. So <laughs> there is something about, we did that McDonald's episode. I'm sure we probably mentioned it in there. Uh, I really like um, Bocado's fries in Atlanta. Great burger, great fries. Expensive, but, you know. Worth it, yeah. Anyway, all this brings us to our question. (laughs) Here at last, French fries. What are they? Well, um, there are many styles of fry, 
and (laughs) many methods of creating them. But at the root of the issue, we are talking about slicing a potato lengthwise into sticks and then deep frying those sticks in oil until they're crisp and golden on the outside and cooked creamy on the inside. And the golden color of Burger King's fries and most likely McDonald's fries is due to a sugar solution that's sprayed over the fries just before freezing and shipping them out to their restaurants. The sugar browns when frying, giving you that golden hue. Not caramelizes, though. It's a different kind of browning reaction. Yes. Specific. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Supposedly, okay, here it is, McDonald's fries their fries twice, the entire process taking about 20 minutes. That is scientifically the better way to do fries. Again, Ooh. again, we will get into, there's a long science section at the end of this one, guys, so, so hold tight. Yes. Uh, but related to science. Nutrition. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Well, okay, so, so again, this is going to vary based on the recipe you're using um, and how much fry you're consuming, but let's take For example, a McDonald's medium-sized fry, which is about 117 grams or just over four ounces of fries, for your average uh, 2,000-calorie-a-day diet, uh, that's going to account for just under 20% of your daily caloric intake, uh, 15% of your recommended carbs for the day, and 30% of your recommended fats. So it's a high-calorie food. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. The good news is, is that there is a smattering of vitamins and minerals in there because potatoes are rich in lots of stuff. So, you know, I don't know. Just like deep frying things makes them delicious, not really nutritious. Yeah, I'm hard pressed to think of anything that's fried. It probably doesn't exist yet. (laughs) (laughs) And this is another fun with words episode because as I briefly mentioned in our episode around ranch, fries are called chips in the U.K., Actually, a lot of listeners wrote in and solved my mystery that probably one of their letters will show up in uh, listener mail. Uh, so so listen out for that. But in most of the English-speaking world, there are two different words for thin-cut fries and thickly-cut fries, which I sometimes confusingly see both labeled as steak fries. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> here in uh, North America, we just add an adjective to differentiate, whether they be curly, thick, thin, steak, wedges, waffle. All kinds of fries. Mm -hmm. One of my first memories of moving to the small town I, for the most part, grew up in was eating at this small Italian restaurant and getting the largest curly fry I've ever seen. It was Ah. so big, the staff came out to look at it. (laughs) Like, we were all staring at this thing. And I took it home as though I was going to preserve it or keep it as a pet, but I ate it. (laughs) (laughs) My resolve didn't last very long. (laughs) And uh, speaking speaking of names for fries, though, um, fries have a lot of them and a lot of different preparations around the world. Right. French fries are incredibly popular, one of the world's most loved sides. The primary dipping sauces are ketchup, mayo, or vinegar, but there are so, so, so many more. Mm-hmm. There's dishes like lomo saltado out of Peru, steak frites and mussels with fries or moule frites out of France. Fries with an egg on top out of Belgium, fish and chips in the UK, patatas bravas out of Spain, fries wrapped up in a chicken pita in the Middle East, topped with wasabi powder in Japan, and of course, poutine, or poutine, out of Canada, fries topped with brown gravy and cheese curds. Oh, yeah. Poutine. Yep. 
When I was in Canada a couple years ago with my parents, we were staying in this tiny town called Tofino, and I was determined <laughs> to get some poutine for them to try. Aww. And this town is so small, there were two taxis, and the visitor center was a phone booth. <laughs> and I found somewhere that served poutine, and I convinced the taxi driver to stop so I could get some and take it back to the hotel with us. And we sat and ate poutine in this nice hotel in Tofino, with the ocean right outside, oh. fire going, local beer, wine, and chocolate. And it was a real winner. My parents still bring it up. Aw. Yeah. Anytime that you have cheese curds and gravy on fries, I recommend it. But. Oh, yes. Also, my ex-boyfriend used to always say, I think it was Modern Family as a quote from Modern Family where, I don't know, I've never watched Modern Family, but one of the characters brought out a thing of poutine and the other character was like, I'm not poutine, it's in my mouth. <laughs> I always think of that <laughs> every time I hear it. What's wrong with that guy? It's so good. <laughs> um, if we're looking at Europe, the Belgians chow down on the most French fries per capita, which, given my experience there, does not surprise me at all. <laughs> and they have a French fry museum. A French oh. fry museum. Wow. Mm -hmm. If you have been right, right in. Right in. Send pictures. Everything. And I am not the only American who loves French fries by a long shot. 29 pounds. That's how much fries we Americans eat on average per year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Toddlers in, in several surveys call it their <laughs> favorite vegetable, <laughs> which if it counts— I, me too. I mean, really. <laughs> I can't argue with toddler logic in this one. That's true. Fries have also been involved in some pretty high-profile art. Uh, take Stefan Bohenberger's piece, Pomme d'Or, which was a gold cross made out of French fries. And they had a room of their own for display in, in a Munich gallery. According to Bohenberger, the piece is meant to represent, quote, the metamorphosis of a profane, everyday object into a sacred artwork. Ooh. But intrigue. Oh. oh. Art intrigue. <laughs> we so rarely get to talk about art intrigue. In 2005, the original French fries that served as the basis of the cross were discovered to be missing. Missing? Missing. Gasp. Bowenberger <laughs> sued and won, receiving 2,000 euros for the fries. <laughs> Which, if you think about it, seems like the ultimate conclusion for this piece of art. 1,000 euros a fry. The metamorphosis of something wow. profane. <laughs> Did he, do you think he stole them? Ooh, more intrigue. <laughs> that <laughs> is interesting, Lauren. Okay. We're going we're gonna to think a little bit more about this. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to get into the history of the French fry. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Balboa 
Give me a woo! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. I suppose the first question you probably have is, (laughs) is the French fry from France? No, probably not, <laughs> because obviously probably not. <laughs> um, there are there are a couple of origin stories, as with most everything we talk about, and one does include France, but it seems historians... Probably not. Probably not. Um, they probably come from Belgium, where records show that folks had potatoes and were frying them by the end of 1600s, or maybe the 1700s, depending on the source. If we step back a bit to the potato, and we did touch on the history of the potato and specifically its history in Europe in our Latka episode briefly, mm-hmm. one day we will do a whole potato episode. <sighs> this is be not huge. that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. yes. But for this episode, the Spanish are the ones generally credited with introducing the potato to Europe in 1557 when Jimenez de Quesada brought them back from Colombia. At the time, the Spanish called potatoes truffles. Around the same time, the Italians were growing potatoes, too. But in both of these countries, potatoes didn't grow very well. And what did grow resulted in a bitter and smallish mm, potato. Mm-hmm. As time passed, this changed, and the crops became overall less bitter and larger. Legend goes that impoverished Belgian people residing in the Meuse Valley would catch and fry small fish that they caught in the river. But when the river froze over during the winter— They had to find a replacement. And what they found was the potato. (laughs) They sliced up the potatoes and fried them the same way that they did with the fish. And there you go. Proto-fries. Protato fries. (laughs) Yes. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) You're not sorry at all. No. But I should be and I know it. Um, Worth mentioning, Spain controlled a good chunk of modern-day Belgium when it first brought the potato back to Europe. So that would fit. Oh, logic, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So during World War One, American soldiers in Belgium, after having their first taste of these sliced and fried potatoes, dubbed them French fries, since French was the official language of Belgium. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. America. <laughs> yep. And that, as they say, is that. Or is it? <gasps> More intrigue. I love some good intrigue. <laughs> 
Another version of French fry past does attribute the fry to France, and specifically to one dude, Frenchman Antoine Augustin Parmentier. He was a medical officer in the French army, and yes, he came up in our Latka episode as well. Oh, right. Right, because he was really big in promoting the potato. He was captured during the Seven Years' War, and he subsided on the potato during his imprisonment. Mm -hmm. And after he was freed, he went around France and Europe, France specifically, but also Europe a little bit, um, singing the praises of the potato, its health benefits, its filling qualities. Mm -hmm. It's cheap. It's easy to grow. Right. And because the potato was not popular at this point, it wasn't something people ate. It was something that people fed to their hogs. Not only because of bitterness, but also uh, potatoes are believed to cause various health ailments. Yep. <laughs> like, the, like the tomato. Watch out. Exactly. French Parliament went as far to prohibit potato cultivation in 1748 due to the belief that it caused leprosy. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you know, leprosy is a big enough problem. You're like, but ah, sure, whatever, that thing. Potatoes. Yeah. They're bitter. <laughs> um, thanks to Pamentier's efforts, or at least in part to his efforts, the Paris Faculty of Medicine gave potatoes the edible for humans stamp in 1772, which is not a real stamp. But yeah, they were like, okay, these seem cool enough for humans to eat. <laughs> It took a bit for people to get over their reservations around potatoes, though. While working as a pharmacist at a French hospital, Palmentier was not allowed to grow any potatoes in his garden. Poor potato. Aww. But Palmentier was undeterred, and also in 1772, and I would presume as soon as this Edible for Humans proclamation came out, he started hosting these dinners for well-to-do influential types like Benjamin Franklin, Queen Marie Antoinette, and King Louis XVI. Of course, Thomas Jefferson got in on the action. Of course he did. Uh -huh. And in 1802, he asked his chef, who was French, to prepare potatoes, quote, served in the French manner, which in his mind was potatoes deep fried while raw in small cuttings for a dinner party. These were probably thinly sliced rounds or curly cues. Curly cues is a word I don't get to say very often, but I appreciate it. I could, yeah. <laughs> take take it. Curly cues. <laughs> And I love this next fact so much. Palmentier hired armed guards to stand watch over his potato patch. Yeah? Not because of vandalism or something like that, but to convince people they were highly valuable. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, he instructed the guards to accept any bribes for the potatoes <laughs> and to allow people to... Steal them. Well played, sir. That's a. Do you think we can use that as a marketing thing Ooh. for like our podcasts? I want to, <laughs> and I am going to think on that a lot later because that is an excellent ploy. I, I've got to give it to him. We also accept bribes, folks. <laughs> right <laughs> to listen to this podcast, <laughs> we do accept bribes. But it was famine in 1785 that really changed the potatoes' fortunes in Europe. A decade later, in 1795, large-scale potato operations were present in France. Even the royal gardens made way for potato fields. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the history is murky, but somewhere around this time is when French people either invented or learned how to make French fries. 
fry. Well, I guess they wouldn't have called them French fries. It sounds so silly. But anyway, <laughs> um, fries were particularly common in Paris where there were vendors who sold them out of carts as frites. Some things don't change. Worth mentioning here is that all of this was taking place against the backdrop of the Franco-Austrian War, a.k.a. the War of Austrian Succession, which is worth mentioning because a lot of this war took place in what is now Belgium. Oh. Right. So possibly French soldiers encountered fries in Belgium, and then, as a potato became popular and common in France, started making fries of their own. And yet another thing worth mentioning, and it's another fun language thing, for some folks, cutting things into long strips like you traditionally would with fries is called julienne, and others call it Frenching, like French fries. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Possibly Belgium and France discovered French fries separately around the same time. Fried potatoes just makes sense to me. Deep frying things is great. Potatoes are great. Exactly. Deep fried potato. Especially if you got a lot of them. Yeah. Fry them. <laughs> Auguste Escoffier included a recipe Palme de Terre Pontneuf in his 1903 Complete Guide to the Art of Modern Cookery. Quote, cut the potatoes square at the ends and sides and cut into batons of one centimeter wide sides. Deep fry until crisp on the outside and soft in the center. This is the basic type of fried potato. Hmm. The name references vendors who would sell their fries on the Pontneuf Bridge. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good spot. <laughs> Whatever the case, after American and British soldiers were exposed to fries in Belgium and or France, <laughs> they brought them home and they spread from there. Thanks to the spreading of America's fast food chains, sliced fried potatoes were introduced to countries outside of Europe under the name of French fries. But nowadays, you're just as likely to see them under the name of American fries. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Before this, between the 1850s and 1930s, they were commonly known as French fried potatoes. The New York Times called fish and chips England's hot dog in 1928. <laughs> I also love that. <laughs> By the 60s, Americans commonly called them fries, just fries. Poutine started popping up in Quebec in the 1950s, but of course, there's some that dispute that. Ooh, other episode. Other episode. <laughs> yes. Field trips abound for that one, I hope. <laughs> and Belgium petitioned UNESCO to grant the French fry to Belgium as an object of cultural heritage recently. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to keep keep, keep track of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And that's kind of a whirlwind look at the history of the French fry. Yeah. And we've got some French fry science for you. Oh yes. Coming up after one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. 
What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month. No matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back. Okay, before I get into the science of fries, uh... Our friend Ramsey. Yes, who you heard on the chicken wing episode. Yeah, just dropped by. He heard that we were doing an episode about French fries, and he told producer Andrew um, that he had a joke to tell us. And uh, Andrew vetted it and then let him come on mic and say it. Um, so, I mean, we just did the history section, so so, ho- so hold back your snark, y'all. Yes. But uh, did you hear that the first French fries were not cooked in France? No. They were cooked in Greece. <gasps> But don't. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty spectacular. <laughs> I said it was like having our own hype joke guy. Yeah. In our oh. ad break that we take, even though there's no real reason no for real, us to do it. No real. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, uh, fries are cooked in Greece. They are. And there's a lot of science. Oh, it, it's French fry science is intense and it is beautiful. And there has been much digital ink spilled about it. Uh, we got into the science of deep frying in our fried chicken episode a little bit, but I do not begrudge repeating this. Um, Also, to be fair, like potatoes and breaded chickens are slightly different objects. Yes, I would agree. So uh, the uh, the cool, hot thing about oil is that it can be be heated to temperatures way above the boiling point of water without burning the oil. This means that when you put slices of potato into such heated oil, any water hanging out in the outer layer of those slices is going to vaporize into steam and jet straight out of the potato. Oh, no. Um, no, no, this is good. It does it does a few things. Okay. Well, first, visually and alarmingly, it creates that bubble and spatter in yeah. the oil that's terrifying. But second, more crucially to our interests in deliciousness here, it totally desiccates that outer layer of potato, forming a, a hard shell around the interior. Third, the steam forms a protective layer around that shell, keeping the direct heat of the oil at bay and preventing the fry from from getting soggy with oil. Mm -hmm. And the combo of the shell and the protection of the steam layer means that the interior of the potato can heat up and and steam itself to perfect creamy cookedness, all while the outer layer gently browns. Mm. I'm so hungry. (sighs) It's okay. I, I ate a lot of lunch. (laughs) <laughs> and potatoes are uniquely adapted to make the most of this cooking method. Um, they're both starchy and dense. The, the density means that the oil has a harder time penetrating too deeply, which again would lead to a soggy fry. And uh, and starch 
Okay, this is why most fried foods are breaded before they're deep fried. Because starch molecules like to chain up, and those chains like to to interlink. And those lattices of molecules help form a firm, crunchy crust. Plus, starch helps create the uh, Maillard reaction, which just took us about seven minutes of trying to figure out how to pronounce. It's usually why I just call things browning. Um, It's the specific browning process where um, chain reactions among amino acids, uh, like proteins and, and sugars, create deeper colors and tastier flavors. One of these days, we'll have to do a whole episode about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, some some recipes call for blanching your strips of potatoes before you fry them, um, as this can help the, the starches on the surface interlace more tightly. Um, this both prevents those starches from, uh, from breaking down into sugars and then caramelizing and blackening during cooking, and it helps the starches form that thicker crust. After blanching, you should dry your fries out, either blotting with towels or... If you just happen to have a vacuum packer around, um, yeah, you can drive out some moisture that way. Oh. I mean, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of science tips out there about French fries. (laughs) We've thought about this a lot, humanity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And and speaking of, uh, science does dictate that that double fry produces a superior fried potato. Not just cooking first and then frying. That's different. It needs to be a double fry. My very favorite food science writer, J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, ran some home experiments and uh, found that a uh, a boiled or microwaved potato will not crisp up properly. It'll form like a really thin, papery crust instead of that thick, crispy one that you're looking for. Because you see... By frying once at a relatively low temperature, um, then letting your potatoes cool and frying them again at a higher temperature, you have primed the potato for arguably the ultimate crust. More on that arguably in just a second. But (laughs) this is because uh, during that that low, slow first fry, um, hot oil gets into the potato just a little bit as water evaporates and exits. That helps break up the starch chains on the surface a little bit. And... um, and then the individual, like warm as heck, starch molecules can interact with remaining water in the potato and gelatinize. Gelatinize? Yeah. Ooh. And this creates like a thick sheath of starch on the outside of the potato, which will brown and crisp when you put it in for a second hotter fry. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. But – Y'all, here's here's the arguably, okay, because there are all kinds of innovations going on in French fries. Oh, I love it. People want to know. Greek chemists uh, used a centrifuge to find the gravity at which fries cook best. Oh, my goodness. Um, they say it's three times Earth's usual gravity, um, <laughs> as that is the uh, the pressure at which the, the, the water escapes as steam in, like, smaller puffs, which lets the, the oil seep in more uniformly and, and heat it to a, to a thick crisp crust more quickly. Man, do you think these Greek chemists were just <laughs> one night? <laughs> I think we can make these fries better. They had to go. I, the, the centrifuge that they did this in was in the Netherlands. So, I mean, so unless, I mean, I I, I think it involved <laughs> quite a bit of planning. So if it was just them sitting around. Well, then you, you think, oh, we can do this. We can do it. And then you make a plan and then you execute and you learn that you <laughs> <laughs> You want these be- best fries, supposedly. And yeah. Wow. That's, that's by the way, approximately the uh, the pressure of, like, the surface of Jupiter. Like, Jupiter doesn't really have a surface. But if you're ever on Jupiter. You can make some fries? Excellent time for French fries. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. 
Other researchers found that um, there's a particular enzyme that will that will dissolve pectin, and you can apply that to sliced potatoes to uh, make the insides of fries extra smooth and creamy. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And over at Modernist Cuisine, uh, folks, okay, first they, first they sous vide uh, potato sticks until tender and then put them in an ultrasonic bath. Um, okay. You know, like the, the the device that, like, dentists and jewelers use to clean their implements and mm-hmm. you know, watches, you know, whatever kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's this, like, mini tank that blasts whatever is placed inside with ultrasonic waves. The potatoes surfaces fissured into these wee little crackles, um, releasing starch molecules. So when they were put through a deep fryer, the resulting fries had little crispies on their crusts and reportedly a, quote, amazingly satisfying texture. I bet they did. They also tried using vacuum packing to infuse extra starch into the potatoes to produce an extra thick and crispy shell, which they said works wonders, especially as a double whammy with that. I've got a lot of extra tools I need to purchase. <laughs> Let's start my fund right now. Put a jar. <laughs> Ultimate French fry fund. Go fund me specifically for this office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I don't think we're allowed to. I don't. I'm not. I'm not allowed to work with deep fryers. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't really either. Maybe we can. We can get somebody to help out with that part. We have a lot of talented people who are less clumsy yeah. around here. <laughs> Yes, yes, we do. I am not giving up on this dream because <laughs> I love French fries, and this sounds amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, fry science. Uh, you know, if you want help making your fries at home tastier, the internet is here for you. Hopefully it won't fry your brain. No. Oh. But I think that's all we have to say about French fries, unless you want more fry puns. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to... Listen Listen uh, that actually is courtesy of somebody <laughs> I saw on the street last night. Yeah? Who did this weird wave at me. Okay. And I'm still thinking about it. It's like a, for, for those of you following oh, yeah, along you at home, it. it's like it's like a double-handed, like, up and down, it's frenetic wave. It's a very excited jazz hands that has yeah. an up and down alternate yeah. movement. I don't know what she was up to. I hope it was a good night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah wrote, I'm a born and raised Buffalonian and just finished listening to the Ranch and Wings episode. I wanted to send along a few fun facts about wings. You are correct. There are no buffalo wings in Buffalo <laughs> that listeners may find interesting. One, it is a huge point of contention when it comes to ranch versus blue cheese as the optimal <laughs> dipping sauce. Most people here will say it's blue cheese and anything else is heresy. And I have seen more than one social media war over the two condiments, since ranch definitely has its loyal fans here. I personally don't care for either, so I personally have no wing in this fight. <laughs> Medium sauce and no other frills for me. Ah. While the Anchor Bar deserves due credit for inventing the wing, most locals hold the point of view that it doesn't have the best wings in the city by a long shot. The best ones come from your local mom-and-pop pizza joint, and if you're going to go to a chain restaurant, Duff's is the better option. I also believe that Buffalo has some of the best pizza in the country, which may be because it's equidistant from New York and Chicago and has a very appealing middle-of-the-road, medium-thickness crust. Ah. Yeah. When the Buffalo Bills made the NFL playoffs in 2018 for the first time since 1999, Duff's sent 
1,440 wings, 120 pounds of celery and carrots, 6 gallons of blue cheese, and 9 gallons of wing sauce to the Cincinnati Bengals as their victory over Baltimore secured Buffalo's spot in the playoffs. (laughs) That's wonderful. No hard feelings for forgetting that the Bills exist. Sometimes I'd like to forget. Oh. I personally have never been to the Wing Festival, but as I'm currently living abroad and miss wings more than any other food item, I may just have to go this year after I return, and ordering them from my favorite pizza place will probably be one of the first things I do when I get home. (laughs) Thank you for the nostalgia for my hometown. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've been hearing from all these people from Buffalo has been very, very spectacular. Yes. Sean wrote, Back in my college days, the early 90s, I used to frequent a gay bar called Reflections in Memphis, Tennessee. On weeknights, they only opened the lower section, which was a smaller rectangular-shaped room with a floor-to-ceiling mirrors on all four walls, which served to make the place look larger and more crowded. There was a square-shaped bar in the center of one end of the rectangle, and the dance floor was on the other end of the rectangle. I always assumed the floor-to-ceiling mirrors is why they called it reflections. Anyways, I was out with a few friends one night, and we were probably having a few too many drinks, but we were having fun. There's about 30 or 40 people around the bar, clustered in groups. At some point in the evening, I notice a guy across the room checking me out. I'm generally shy by nature, so I don't really do anything at first, hoping he might come say hi. So I have another drink with my friends, and every now and then I glance over to see what he's up to. And every time I do, I see him checking me out. Eventually, I have enough liquid courage to get up and walk over to say hi. As I casually head over his way, I see he's headed towards me, too. I'm about halfway across the bar when I come to the horrible realization that I have spent the better part of the last hour or so flirting with my reflection in the mirror. Every time I was looking at him, he was looking at me. The silver lining to the story, I realized when I've had enough to drink, I'd do me. (laughs) That's pretty spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) I've had my own mirror mishaps, but nothing quite like this. (laughs) That's, I think speaking as two, like, intensely awkward human people, um, I I both appreciate and uh, and, uh, sympathize with that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. (laughs) I mean, I would love to know when you came back to your friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What did you say? Oh, goodness. Yeah, follow-up. Do they know? Had you been talking to them about him? Oh, questions. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful, and we understand. No judgment here. (laughs) Zero. Thanks to both of them for writing in. If you'd like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saberpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saberpod. We hope to hear from you. Thank you so much to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. 
Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.